From activism to entertainment, health to nightlife, profiles and courage to travel, and so much more. This is the Jeff Hawker Show, LGBTQ news and lifestyle conversation for the Coachella Valley region. Here's Jeff Hawker on Radio 111. Welcome to the show. We are excited and thrilled to have Cindy Williams on the show today. She is starring in a show at the Annenberg Theater coming up. It's called Me, Myself, and Shirley. And I, I've been a big fan of Cindy Williams for, for a long time. And we, we kind of grew up together. How are you doing today, Cindy? Oh, well, thank you for that nice introduction, Jeff. I'm doing great. How are you doing? You sound well. I, I am doing great. I got a new puppy, so I'm on cloud oh. nine right now. <laughs> oh, what's his or her name? It, his name is Bo, and it's a black lab. Oh, my goodness. <gasps> so sweet. Oh, we had a black lab when my kids were growing up. But just Rosie, the best. They're, well, all dogs are the best, but... Yeah. Black Labs, they're so loving and loyal and love to chase the ball. I'll just say that. <laughs> they do, and they're just so well-behaved. Yes, and they're so sweet, such sweet-natured dogs. You're a California girl. You are uh, originally from Van Nuys, so how did you get into acting? Well, I didn't have an academic brain smart enough. I flunked biology twice in high school. I wanted to be a nurse. And I thought, who wants a nurse who's flunked biology twice? I know I don't. And so I didn't know what to do with myself. And then lo and behold, my the game changer was when the English teacher was putting on a talent show in high school. And I auditioned for the talent show. And he put me in the talent show and he said, I, if you have an elective next year, I'd love for you to come into drama. I'll put you straight into play production. And then it began, Jeff. Then it began. You know, you're so iconic in that role on Laverne and Shirley. But what people don't always realize is that you have been very busy your whole life working on the stage, working on the screen, working on TV appearances. Give us an idea on how you kind of went from the stage and, and what productions you were in. And then how did you transition into television? Well, I went to Los Angeles City College and I went to the theater arts department there, which was fantastic, but very tough to make it through the two and a half years without being thrown out because they were disciplined and, and really, as I said, tough. So I learned everything there was to learn about theater, but not so much about film and television. So it was just, I talk about this in my show, but it was just like, I had a couple things going for me when I left college. I had faith and that youthful enthusiasm that one day I'd be standing in the right place at the right time and bingo magic would happen. And so I got a, a job at the House of Pancakes <laughs> and work in the graveyard shift. And it did happen through my friend Edna, who uh, had been my roommate in college. We had this little basement apartment before Laverne and Shirley, Edna and I. It was Edna and Cindy. And she was at a at the American Film Institute on scholarship, and she said, you might want to come over here and interview to, to write and direct a film. Well, I did. I interviewed. She got me an interview. I went over, and they said, well, you're an actress. You're not a filmmaker, per se, or a screenwriter. So they introduced me to these two fellows who were starting this management company for young talent and blah, blah, blah. And... 
then that's sort of how the you know they took me on and I got an agent and uh, in those days you had to audition for your agent you had to go into the agency and in a little room you had to do a three-minute dramatic scene and a three-minute comedy scene and it was easy for me because I had been trained in theater and every week in Los Angeles City College we had to do a three-minute scene and so I got the agents off of that. So that's how theater paid off. I mean, it's paid off in so many ways. And it's my first love is theater in the stage. Then that led to, and I talk about this in song and dance in my show, Jeff. So anyway, oh my, my dog, Ed wants out now. <laughs> the show so you're talking, the show you're referring to is me, myself and Shirley. Why you right. let him out, I'll, I'll give all the specifics for limited four show engagement, January 20th through 22nd. And tickets are on sale now and available at me, myself, and Shirley.com. And it's also available on the Annenberg Theater website. And this is kind of cool. All seats, all shows are $55. That's right. Come on down. I know. That's so Come great. Come on down. Bring your family. So, uh, look, it's uh, across the boards for everybody. Bring the kids. Nothing yeah. too saucy is said. <laughs> You sang a, a, you know, quite a bit on Laverne and Shirley. Did they take you serious as a singer? Well, no. No, we were just singing and dancing because Penny's mother, Marjorie, had owned a dance studio in the Bronx when she was little, and she had this troupe. I've got to get the name of that. I've forgotten the name of the troupe of kids, of dancers, that she would train, and they would do routines, and they would audition for shows like Jackie Gleason and Ed Sullivan and they got on some of those shows but her mother was a dance teacher and so when we did the show that was just integrated into the show dancing and then singing I can carry a tune and I'm kind of pitch perfect but you know I don't have a voice to follow <laughs> much of one much of one well you're, I, you're kind I, of a triple threat I mean you can sing and dance and, yes, and act right, so. I'm a triple threat and I but I can't do math <laughs> me either so we're in the same club <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and happy to proud to be there how did it come about that you got the role on Laverne and Shirley? Did you know Penny before that? Yes. It's a long story, but eventually we became writing partners when we were very young, and we were hired for this spoof movie to write sketches for it. I'll just say that. And while we were writing together, her brother, Gary Marshall, called, and he had parts on a Happy Days episode of these two girls who uh, go out on a double date with, with Richie and the Fonz and the girls' names. And the way he described them is, I've got these parts of two girls who date the fleet. And so Penny and I, of course, thought, date the fleet? Hookers. <laughs> That's going to be fun. And we had no idea what Happy Days. Neither of us had seen an episode. And I don't even think I owned a TV at the time. So we went over and we, you know, we left our little writing job for a week and went over to Paramount and did this Happy Days episode. And I talk about this in the show and I show our first entrance on Happy Days and what we thought it was going to be and what it ended up being. I mean, the way Penny and I 
had rehearsed it ourselves between ourselves and we had gaffed the scene you know we had done all these little things to make these girls really saucy on this entrance and then we got batted down and we were told we were in family hour which penny and i had no idea what that meant and that you couldn't smoke or do all these things that penny and i were doing on our entrance anyway (laughs) so we make this entrance and then we go back to our and we do the show we go back to our little job and then we get called like two weeks later and they said that abc had seen the episode and loved it and they wanted to spin the characters off into their own show and we had no idea what a spinoff was that they wanted to make a spinoff of our show we didn't know family hour we didn't know spinoff but we were soon to know both those terms and so that's kind of how it began. And I talk about that in the show. Yeah. But nobody needs to come now because I just told you. <laughs> oh, yeah, they need to come. So you had eight what? wonderful seasons on Laverne and Shirley from January 1976 through May 1983. So if, if you started in January, did you take over for another slot? Uh, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I think we did. You mean that a show was canceled and we? Yeah, and we you guys. Over. We're probably replacing. So I don't know. Yeah, that's a very good question. Back, I'm going to have to look that up. Well, back then, you know, they were kind of moving things around constantly, trying to make sure that they were in the right slot. Kind of a sad note. One of your co-stars. Eddie Mecca passed away recently. He was Carmine Ragusa on the show. You know, I went back and I looked at who's still around from the show. Were you one of the younger actresses on the show? No, Jeff. Bucking popular opinion. (laughs) You don't necessarily die of old age. There's other things, but no. No, I, I guess Michael is young a uh, year younger than me but it's yeah everybody's gone it's sad to say except leslie easterbrook who played Rhonda, ed marinero and carol eda white who played rosie greenbaum and me so, so it's michael leslie ed carol and me so michael you're referring to is michael mckean who played lenny on who the played show lenny that's yeah. correct right yeah. You've had like these amazing iconic roles in your life and it's so great to look back at your career and say, wow, you know, I was part of that movement. But you were kind of in on the dream team of producers, Francis Ford Coppola and George Lucas in the film American Graffiti. And I mean, to this day, that's one of the most iconic movies ever made. Right. Well, it I've I've been very blessed, very, very blessed. And I, you know, to be in American Graffiti, which we thought was just a hot rod movie, all of us, because it was a very low budget. Talk about this in the show, too. Yeah, yeah. And very low budget, $777,000. And it was shot in 28 nights. And we all thought we were part of this hot rod movie. And then George took us two weeks into the movie. He said, I've made a 20-minute assemblage of the film with the music I want y'all to come and see and so we all went we were shooting in Petaluma we went to into San Francisco where the editing bay was and we watched this and we you know when it was over there was dead silence until Harrison Ford turned to everyone and said this is freaking great and we were in something that we knew we I'm getting chills right now we knew we were in something that was otherworldly you know that was not what we thought it was at 
all. And, you know, there'd be the, we had this amazing cinematographer, Haskell Wexler, right. who would be out buffing the cars. And, you know, Ron Howard asked him, what are you doing? And he said, I'm bouncing the light so it looks shiny. So everything, and that's why there's that beautiful look of the film. The film has a beautiful look. And the music, it, you know, George described the film to us as a musical. Because he said the music will never stop playing until the source of the music is gone, which is the car. You know, like the car gets stolen, and then it, there's dead silence, and the car, and then you're at Wolfman Jack's, and the radio goes down because he turns it down. And we thought that's just brilliant. I mean, this is at the beginning when we were starting it. That was a clue to it, but none of us took it seriously except it was genius. It was the genius of George Lucas that he saw the movie as a musical, which it turned out to be. And here's a note. Elvis Presley, uh, Colonel Parker turned down. He wouldn't let any of Elvis's songs be in the movie because he didn't think that it was going to be, well, for whatever reason. He yeah. made a mistake. He One did. Mistake. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it's it's one of those movies that's on everybody's list of movies that you have to see in your lifetime. I wanted to get back to me, myself, and Shirley. I didn't realize when I was reading your bio, you were actually in a show that I was the local producer for here in Palm Springs, a show called Menopause the Musical. And you started in that in Las Vegas for three years. And that was why I asked you a bit about your, your chops as far as singing, because that's a difficult show. You're on stage yes. you know, practically the whole time singing and dancing. Right. Well, when I did it in Las Vegas, during rehearsals, I caught everything there is to catch, except for mononucleosis. <laughs> I got a throat infection, the flu, everything you can think of until I lost my voice and I couldn't do it. So I went home and then they called me back. They said, would you come and just do an abbreviated version of the character? So I just became like for five years in Las Vegas, kind of the an identified character, kind of. I come out and I introduce the show, and I sing a little. But because I couldn't rehearse it and they couldn't put it up in time because I got ill, that sort of became my character in the show. So I didn't get to sing all those wonderful songs. But I would have liked to. But you're right. It's a heck of a show for all the four girls who are on stage because they're on stage constantly, as you said, Jeff, singing and dancing. It's a marvelous show. Yeah. You're bringing your show, Me, Myself, and Shirley, to Palm Springs. How many other cities are you going to on the, for this show? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Jeff. I happen <laughs> to have the list right here. Oh, one, two, uh, 18 now, counting Palm Springs. Okay, well, so you're gonna going to be busy. To, yes, I'll be busy. <laughs> and you know what they say about busy hands or God's hands and idle hands belong to another entity but yeah we're going to phoenix and then we're going to new mexico to santa fe and oh all over the place and i love that i get to see america i get to see america jeff <laughs> if somebody wants to see you in palm springs it's called me myself and shirley again it's a limited four show engagement and we're going to make sure that all four of those shows are sold out because there's nothing like walking on stage and having thunderous applause with a sold out show the tickets are at me myself and shirley.com all seats again are 55 dollars you mentioned a couple times about things that are going to be part of the show 
Is there any like cliffhanger that you can give us that really would inspire people to buy tickets? If they'd like to see my screen test for Princess Leia. Oh, wow. So so this is sort of like a then multimedia come on down. show. Come and, on down, because that's something to see. Yeah. Yeah, and there's Laverne and Shirley clip packages that are fun, a lot of fun. And I guarantee, I guarantee you'll laugh out loud. I won't say all your money back because the producers will kill me, but it's laugh out loud. It's just 90 minutes of fun. You know, make sure you go to the little girl's room before the show starts, especially if you've had a drink or two, because there's no intermission. Well, we should give a shout out to Charles Dugan and Brian Zucker, who are are the producers of the shows. And we can't wait to see you, Cindy. I know it's going to be amazing. So get your tickets at me, myself, and Shirley.com. And I can't wait to see you again. We, we had met briefly uh, quite a while ago, too. It would be great to see you again. Well, come on down and l- uh, let me see that bright and shiny face of yours and bring Bo with you. I will. <laughs> Thank you, Cindy Williams, for coming on the show today. You've been listening to The Jeff Hawker Show on Radio 111. And have a great day, Cindy. 